Welcome to Rock and Roll Fridays, a podcast on musical encounters and life. Welcome to Rock and Roll Fridays, and I'm so happy to have a guest so I don't have to talk. I have a great guest tonight, Mark Donovan. Mark Donovan is a actor. Can I say vocalist? Is that is that fair? Te- sure. Teacher. Yeah. Um, and also most importantly, my neighbor and friend. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure so, to be here. So Mark, you know, in, in the acting world, and I know this from my advertising world, you know, working with people on commercials, it's all, what has he been in? What has she been in, right? Like I'm probably, you know, you get that all the time. Well, Mark- A lot of times been... you, you tell people, people you're an actor and they, they, they sort of force you to recite your resume for that. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, the same in advertising, you know, people yeah. are like, well, what have you worked on? I was like, I better tell them something that they know, right? Right. But Mark, you've worked on One Life to Live, uh, All My Children, um, The Young and the Restless. You were in Boardwalk Empire as- uh captain ramsey if i remember correctly sheriff ramsey yeah sheriff ramsey see deputy, i i, I deputy even lowered ramsey you. well you know i was lower to begin with i was deputy ramsey and it was like a, a a small like possibly recurring role and we joked about and sorry spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched season three of boardwalk empire we joked about how you know if the sheriff gets knocked off which is you know pretty common in a show like that everybody gets you know bumped off then i'll get promoted and my role will get bigger well guess what happened in five episodes later right <laughs> they were sure like we, they were like we like mark we're gonna we're gonna make him the uh the head the head honcho in the police department or they just wanted <laughs> to light somebody on fire because right. they looked cool and then you know <laughs> and now and now most recently um you are filming for godfather of harlem with forrest whitaker is that correct that's correct yes on epics on epics uh very cool um and so let's talk about well, first, let's talk about acting, right? And sure. obviously, the show is music for my podcast. But, you know, I kind of always think about actors and musicians as artists, right? And what is the thing about acting that kind of, um, you know, and I know you've worked in, we'll get into details around working with musicians, but what kind of drove you into acting and, and wanting to be an artist in the first place? Well, I mean, I was kind of born into it. Um, my parents, even though they both had regular quote unquote jobs, my mom was a special ed teacher. My dad worked in social security. Um, they met doing community theater. Um, and I grew up as one of, that was one of my activities uh, right alongside with playing in a little league and, and, and traveling soccer and, you know, basketball and um, all kinds of other stuff. But that, you know, and it started as just like one of my hobbies, um, but it turned into my passion and that. Oh, Mark, I think we lost your recording. A little bit in the direction of um, of teaching as well um, because of my mom's background, you know, as a teacher. And so I think that's why full circle. Um, I've, I've sort of come into a little bit of that uh, myself. But as a performer, I've just always, I've just always loved, um, you know, I, I feel like I've always been a student of, watching theater watching films um analyzing things making it work and um 
and, and you know I think it started as a mimic you know before I found my own voice and before I found it was just kind of like I can do that like when I first started doing voiceovers I was like the reason I, I was good at it was because I was I could hear something and I could do that you know what I mean right uh, then you got to dive deeper and obviously you got to find your own voice you got to find what how you connect to the character not just sort of a you know a sort of mock-up of somebody else um you know and that takes time and that takes work but um it is it is an art form that uh I think is is really is really fantastic on a bunch of levels. Obviously, creating a character, becoming someone else, expressing yourself through acting, song, you know, whatever it is. Um, but also, it's communication skills. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's what I tell the kids that I teach because, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're going to go on to do this as an actor, as you know, performer. Um, these skills will serve you in life because you need these skills in a job interview. And you right. know what I mean? If you're above somebody in an employer situation, if you're below somebody, you know, it's all like reading body language, facial expression, all of those things. Um, and that sort of hyper awareness, I think is uh, is something that is, is really fascinating and important to life, so. I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people like sport, like uh, athletes when they watch sports, they think these athletes just walk onto the field and perform. And my experience um, on the advertising side, doing photo shoots and doing commercials, it's a long day. And actors, yeah. um, you know, the amount of work they spend on a set or on a performance, not only in rehearsals, but during the, the work of the, the given day is kind of insane at times. And I don't think enough people know what goes on into a five minute um, five minute shoot for Boardwalk Empire? They think it just takes fifteen minutes, like yeah. my podcast. Not at all, right? Can you talk a little bit about the grind and the performance and the time effort yeah. it takes on a set? Yeah, and Boardwalk Empire is a great example because you know it's it's very specific. It's set first of all, it's Martin Scorsese, you know, produced it, so. Um, and HBO. So there's a lot of money behind it, first of all, um, which allows you then to create this world, right? And especially when it's so time era specific. Um, we shot all of my stuff because I was the the sheriff of a, a small town called Tabor Heights, made up town, but um, based on a real town. And we shot it on uh, Staten Island in a historic town that they sort of, you know, made they used what was there, but then they built stuff on top of it. And I'm telling you, you could not tell where the stuff that was there ended right. and the stuff that they created until you, you know what I mean? You kind of like pick something up and you went, oh, wow. Like, oh yeah. Um, or you saw the back of it. I saw this diner that they built. And I thought it was, I was thought it was there. Right. And then I saw the back end of it. I was like, oh, that's plywood. It's, you know, um, because you go inside of it and the coffee rings on the counter look like they've been there for ages. And you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. There's a guy, the crew, the amount of crew, you know, extras, whatever else, the amount of people on set doing this job, that job. There's, I like to tell the story that there's one guy, we were doing a night shoot and they had to make it nice and like, you know, a nice sort of dark, eerie feel because it was like the, the cops, you know, meeting up with the angsters and whatever else. Um, and his job was literally to sit in this water truck and then like water the street just to make it look, you know what I mean? Like sort of shiny and ominous. Shit, and whatever. Right. And yeah. that was his job. And he sat there, you know what I mean? It was 15 hour day and that's what he's there for. And everybody's got a very specific job. And um, yeah, it's the detail. I was, I did four costume fittings for that before that role even came turned into a five episode arc. It was a small little thing. I had like one line, you know, but I have four fittings just to make it right. I learned how to drive a model T 
because that was, you know what I mean? Like all of that stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. And when you see it from like a producer perspective, you sort of step back and go, oh my God, like the amount that goes into that, it's not a small feat, you know? Um, theater isn't a small feat either, but it's a very, you know, it's a time sensitive thing. You know, you rehearse, right. you do it, and then you do the show. And that's, it's a completely different thing. Like you're saying, you know, a 15 hour day on set, you, you'll do what, you know, maybe five minutes of footage sometimes, whereas, you know, you're going to rehearse for a couple months and then you're going to do the show and it's going to be a two and a half hour thing. You got to be on the whole time. You know? Right. And um, that's why I compare it to athletes, right? Yeah. You know, you, per, you practice and you, you try to perform when the time comes. And you mentioned theater, and that's so much different than shooting, you know, film or, or television, because you're kind of exposed live, right? There's, there's no, yeah. there's no rehearsal. You're, you're out yeah. there. You can't just cram that like one scene that you're shooting that day and like make sure you know just those lines and worry about the next one. You you got to know it all and you, it's all got to be like muscle memory or else, you know, something could go really wrong. But that's right. the excitement of live theater. You know what I mean? That's that's what's the, the high that you get from it is incredible because it, it is like it's all or nothing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one of one of the things you've done in theater coming back to to music is play Johnny Cash. And that was something I definitely wanted to talk to you about. Talk to me about what that role was like. What was it like performing as Johnny Cash and acting as Johnny Cash? And how did you um, prepare and kind of get your mind around that role? Well, um, you know, Johnny, me playing Johnny was kind of a long time coming because, you know, I, I, I had always been a fan. Um, he'd always been on my radar. It was, um, it was something I always enjoyed. Um, but I, and I knew I could sing it, you know, um, but I was never, although I, I, I always wanted to pick up the guitar for the longest time and really learn, like I really kept putting it off and putting it off. It wasn't until I was in this production that you see right behind me, um, was in Vegas for four years, uh, the Las Vegas like sort of sit down of that show after the national tour. Um, and I played Sam Phillips, who was actually, you know, the sort of non-musical role that he plays more of the narrator role. Um, but always sort of pining for that, you know, even though Sam is, I mean, it's a fantastic role. It's really his story, his show. Um, but the guys that get the glory are Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, you know, Carl Perkins mm -hmm. and Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. And, um, and to, to, you know, to do that and to embody that. So I, you know, I picked up guitar um, a little bit from the guys that were around me, really inspired by their musicianship. Um, and honestly, like uh, the, the way I got that job was hilarious because <laughs> I put myself on tape, like just, you know, after doing sort of cram session with one of my buddies and really learning it. And I, I just laid down two songs. Um, and then I saw this audition come up and I was like, and this is after the Vegas show had closed and it was a regional theater production um, that needed a Johnny Cash. And I was like, send the tape and we'll see, see what happens. You know, but then, you know, thinking, oh crap, I'm going to get a call back and I'm going to have to really like, you know, show <laughs> that I got to go. <laughs> well, no, I got offered the role without even, you know, as so much as a callback. So then I'm like, man, I got really got to learn how to play guitar. <laughs> so, so, you know, then I, luckily there was a couple months in hand before I went up to, it was up, upstate New York. And um, yeah, I just, I drilled it every night. And, and Johnny was not the best guitar player. You know what I mean? It's more about his storytelling and his, and his um, voice. Yeah. yeah, but but it's got to be it's got to be really inherent in you because it's like that boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. You know, it's got to be really solid, and you lose that rhythm, 
and it throws you off. And it's one thing. I mean, I've always been a singer, but it's one thing to sing and play at the same time, mm -hmm. walking and chewing gum. I mean, it really is. And especially at, at my age, sort of learning it. It'd be one thing if that was ingraining me for a really long. So, I mean, um, that was a lot of the preparation. But of course, also, like I had to, I had to really delve into, I mean, Johnny's got, you know, the play takes place kind of on his rise, you know, so um, he doesn't have quite as many demons at that point, but he does, you know, I mean, his brother died early. He had a rough relationship with his father. So there was, there was some stuff there, um, but it was before he sort of like really um, hit the drugs and alcohol and stuff like that a little bit. So, um, so it's a really kind of, you know, uh, important moment in time. Um, but yeah, it, more than anything, I would say it, it's really about in that show, it's about creating the band because everybody's playing and singing live. You know, and that that's something that was a little bit foreign to me. I had front bands before a little bit singing and stuff like that, but like, like playing, you know, and gelling with the drummer and a bassist and a guitarist yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. That was that was new to me, you know, and I really was like, I felt the pressure of like, I got to keep up. Like, this is not fake. You know, this is for real. This is real. Um, yeah. Yeah. So but you all kind of, you know, raise the bar for each other and, and hold each, uh, each other accountable. And so that was a really is cool it, experience. Is it was it different thinking about when you're acting around, I mean, you've played, you know, a, a, a cop or Johnny Cash, you know, I mean, that, I guess that's the joy of acting, right? You can become all these characters, but do you go into a different mindset being a musician, knowing you have to play guitar and sing? Like, is there a different energy going into that role? Yeah, I would say it's really hard not to like, because you're multitasking so much, you know, it's hard to not piecemeal it a little bit you know there's definitely like I sort of had to separate out the the singing and the playing and the acting and it you know and it, the way it's structured it allows you to do that because usually it's sort of like a jam session when they're playing and then there's sort of acting scenes you know within yeah um, you know so it's it's a little easier to separate but but you know you really have to like sort of you know try to find a way to melt it all together whereas obviously if you're playing a cop in a you know a tv show it's it's much more just about being in the moment you know being true to the character and the script and all of that and reacting, you know, um, they always say acting is reacting and that's really what it is like no, knowing. And that's the thing about knowing what you're doing as, as well as you can um, and being complete like that muscle memory that I'm talking about, because like, if you do that, then you are open to responding. If not, you're in your head, you're kind of going like, what's my next line? What am I doing? What are, yep. my, what are my own choices? But you don't really have to make those choices. If you are really connected with, an actor and, and able to do that. And it's tough because like when it's, when it's, when you're doing a shoot, it's like go time, you know what I mean? And you are on the spot. Um, and it's like, um, you really have to sort of like, and you feel the pressure, you know, that like, okay, they don't want to do, they don't want to keep doing this. Yeah. yeah they don't that's do 17 takes every until take, you feel every, like you get it right. Every so, take every, is money. Right, every take exactly. is time. Yeah. Yeah. And you also know that like, you know, maybe the other person in that take nails it. And like, you know what I mean? Like, why are they going to want to like keep going just so you can catch what you feel is, you know? So um, it is just kind of, you know, having to be on every time, you know, which is the, tough. And also I, I think in the role, um, like playing Johnny Cash, every night you were performing was almost like a live concert in itself. Yeah. I mean, you were putting on a live, live performance but it was a concert, right? So the sound yeah. from the night before is different than the next night. And that's pretty oh, cool. Oh yeah. 
and and in Vegas, let me tell you, like, I mean, I didn't do cash in Vegas. I did the other role, but even more so, um, it was really interesting because like Vegas is not a theater town. You know what I mean? Like Vegas is, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy world. And people yeah. How, how long did you live in uh, Vegas? Almost four years. About yeah. Four years. So talk, talk about the role because the role in Vegas was more, uh, you were kind of the, uh, table setter, if you will, right? And yeah, yeah, it was kind of like you know. So Sam Phillips is is the famous you know Memphis re- recording studio yep. um, producer that you know basically gave all those guys their start, you know, including Johnny. And so you see like through flashbacks how he met Johnny, how he sort of like coached him, Elvis as well. Like he's the one that got Elvis on the radio first, you know. Um, and then he, you know, and then he, you know, he signed him to another record label and the rest is history or whatever, but that's where a lot of it started. And this is based on, it's very loosely, but based on an actual night where all these four icons got together at the same time, Jerry Lee Lewis was like a baby. He was just there as a session piano player for Carl Perkins, like, you know, follow-up record or whatever to Blue Suede Shoes, which was his song. His song. For Elvis's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's a fascinating moment in time and and Sam kind of guides you through all that, you know, through what's in the present, but also how he met each one of these guys kind of, you know, push them along. Um, and um, so, yeah, so even though it's structured and, and a lot of it is just, you know, it's just an excuse for them to, to jam in the studio, you know, instead of like recording the record that they're supposed to be doing, they're just like jamming out. Cause why wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, you know, this one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this gospel tune, like that's all they did. And there's actual recording of it. And cause Sam just hit record. That's what he did. The smartest thing he could ever do. He just was like, let's see what happens, you know? Um, and, and so that's what they did. So a lot of it is, it feels like a concert, right? But then there are those bits where you need to like, find out what's going on in the story. And let me tell you, I have people, I've seen people FaceTime in the front row. <laughs> I've seen people talk back to me, like, as I'm like, cause I talk directly to the audience a lot. Yeah. yeah. Narrating. You're like, this happened. And there's this really like, you know, quiet moment at the end of the show. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to tell, you know, they show the famous picture of, of the four of them around the piano. And I'm like, you know, really being reminiscent about it you know, maybe just a little bit wispy about it, whatever. It's a very quiet moment. <laughs> this lady, this lady from the third row goes, do you sing? Like, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure in Vegas, nobody is drinking at these shows. Oh God. Yeah. And of course you got the hammered people that just don't understand that they're not supposed to be. It's very interactive. It's like, yeah, like cheer, clap, you know, laugh, all that. But like when I'm talking and, and that's how you felt, like a lot of times they were just like, shut up. Why are you talking? I just want to hear them play, you know? Um, but at the same time, when it was raucous and when we were, when they were rocking the house, I mean, it was just, you know, it blew the roof off. Roof off That's you awesome. Because these people have been gambling and drinking and whatever. And they're like, yeah. yeah. So it was That's cool. awesome. So in your, um, you know, the premise of my show is always, uh, you know, what I say, normal people like me or you get to meet their musician or their bands or actor famous people right you have run-ins i've been lucky enough to meet some of my favorite bands like you know you're in the entertainment industry is there a story that you have that you're like wow you know i can't i can't believe i met this person or talked to this person right i mean i know you've you've been in scenes with nicholas cage right like well yeah and that came from vegas actually that's a good tie-in because like um, so we could, we had a lot of celebrities come see that show um, and took, you know, photos backstage with Nicolas Cage. Actually, he initially came with uh, Vince, Vince Neil, 
right? He's like good buddies with Vince Neil. So they show so it's so random. Yeah, so random. But yeah, no, they're like crazy drinking buddies. Um, both very interesting cats, let me tell you. But Nicholas Cage came back multiple times. Loved the show. He's a you know, big Elvis fan. His his you know, one of yeah. his wives is, you know, Elvis's daughter or whatever. Daughter, right? yeah. At one point. So um, and he was like, you know, he loved it and he was like, I'm gonna come back and bring my son, you know, he's gonna love us. And he did. Um, and so the second time he came back, he was like, I, you know, he pulled me aside and he was like, listen, I think you're, you know, I think you're a really good actor. And, you know, can I, do you have a card or something? I, I think I can, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. So I'm like running my dressing room going like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah I, Mark, that's and, where you should be like, have your agent call my agent. Yeah. Right. Well, so I, and I gave him the card and then I thought, and I, you know, see him again for like a year, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, that ship had sailed. Well, all of a sudden we hear that like he he made reservations under his own name, which, you know, I was surprised at, and he was coming to the show. Well, I happened to be walking in Harris, you know, and, and I'm and I'm like, and there was something in town going on. I forget what it was, but um, he, he like fit right in. But, but he sometimes dresses. It's like it's not incognito. He was in like, I don't know if it was rhinestones or whatever, but like something cowboy boots or whatever, sticking out like a sore thumb. So of course he probably thought like some crazy fan because I like tapped him on the shoulder. You're like, like, yo, what's up? Like, you know, and I was like, no, hey, it's me. He was like, oh, hey, I'm so glad I saw you. Listen, come up to the restaurant. My manager's up there. We're coming to see the show. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, uh, okay. And so that's what they did. You know, I talked to them. They came to see the show and then they put me in this movie with uh, him and Elijah Wood, you know, just like a little role or whatever, but a scene with both of them. It was a great little scene and he just plopped me and that's the kind of thing he does. Like, I mean, he gave... Johnny Depp, his first audition, he, you know what I mean? Like he, he does that kind of stuff. He's an interesting, interesting cat, you know? That's I mean, awesome. Really, but, um, but that was a cool run in. I mean, we had De uh, Debbie Gibson came backstage at one point. Um, we had, uh, who else? We actually got to perform with a bunch of people too, because like a lot of times, like we would, you, somebody would be coming and we knew that and we worked in a fun encore, right? Where they came yeah. up and jammed with yeah. us. Taylor Hicks, who did uh, American Idol, and he was playing in Vegas for a while. He came and jammed with us. Um, the the Righteous Brothers, we we did a song with them. Like it's awesome. Uh, like all kinds. Of, I'm I'm probably missing a couple, but you know there was like a senator that came through and took pictures with us at one point, and we got to meet the original drummer from the actual Main Doc Quartet session. Um, Fluke Holland is his name. Um, he showed up and he told That's us awesome, some fantastic stories. Oh, I'm sure about. he had some stories, right? Yeah, yeah. That's sure. awesome. Awesome. Well, Mark Donovan, awesome to be on Rock and Roll Fridays. Two years in the making. Yes. I see you yeah. every day and we finally got you on my podcast. <laughs> and I love that we're doing this from like about what, like, you know, 20 feet apart? 30 feet <laughs> apart. We're, we're virtual. <laughs> well, awesome. So uh, everyone should check out Mark Donovan, Google him, find him. Great actor, great performer. And thank you so much for being on Rock and Roll Fridays. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. I'll see you soon. See you.